Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. The new midday theme tune is selected by Sammy Hewitt and agreed upon by me and Captain Kate. Good tunes, good tunes. Good to have your company on this Tuesday, Draft Day Tuesday. Draft Day Tuesday, which uh, happens just after two. It is back. Me, Sammy, Captain K. We pick our top five, all sorts of different things. And today's the top five biggest rip-offs. Supermarkets, petrol stations, wherever you do your shopping, What's a big rip-off? You can send through your nominations. Um, I've sort of settled on my top five, but I'll need more because those boys in the production booth, they'll flog some of mine like they always do. Look over my shoulder. Um, also coming up today, we got Chloe Knott, Wellington Phoenix women's midfielder. Um, and an unbelievable result considering they hadn't won a game this season. And they won not 1-0, they won 5-0 against Canberra, who were mid-table. So good signs for Wellington Phoenix women's side. Chloe Knott will join us uh, just after one um, and combine that with Phoenix getting a win and Alex Rufus' first goal in a century. Great stuff. Uh, 2.20-ish, Corey Sweeney, Blackfern Sevens coach after his side won uh, back-to-back titles, well, back-to-back Hamilton titles over the weekend. They were emphatic. They were incredible. So we'll catch up with Corey about what makes them tick and why so good. Uh, ben Volan, had him on the show before. He's a wonderful senior NFL rider out of the Boston Globe. We're talking through the NFL playoffs that we saw over the weekend and uh, in particular the two games coming up. But I do want to ask him about my Buffalo Bills who were pretty comfortably beaten yesterday in home conditions, snow, but they couldn't get over it. Uh, but fairly... High-profile injury to the Kansas City Chiefs key man, Pat Mahomes, with a high ankle sprain. Will that affect them? Well, of course it will, but will it affect them enough to not win? Um, so Ben Volan. Uh, we're going to go live over to Melbourne to talk tennis. We've just uh, got a few messages out to a few of the reporters that are actually there live. Don't know who it is, who it's going to be, but it'll be someone at 3 o'clock. And 3.45, Jimmy Smith across the ditch. Good to reunite with him. Midday Madness today. Oh, we've also got the vault today, by the way, people. Um, Chris from Foxton kicked it off yesterday. He's narrowed it down a bit. Uh, if you can get it today, $150 TAB bonus bet will be yours on the vault. Five questions today. I'll ask one of them, you ask four of them. See if you can pick what is locked up in Sammy Hewitt's vault, which sporting moment is locked up in Sammy's Vault. Um, Midday Madness, I wanted to talk about this story, uh, the Highlanders citing Freddie Burns, the former England first five. It seems to be people are, ga- are saying, um, does that expose lack of depth in the 10 jersey in New Zealand? Um, 
on the face of it, you might say yes, but I look a bit deeper and I say no. Like every Super Rugby team will have three three players, will have definitely two first string, well, first five eights. That's their number one position, first five eight, and they'll probably have a third that can go there as well. So that's fifteen first fives just out of New Zealand. So I don't think it shows a lack of depth at ten. I mean, a lack of depth at everything. Prop is probably the one because. I don't know, every Super Rugby team probably has four or five props. Say five props, that's 25 props you've got to find from New Zealand. The signing of Freddie Burns, and I don't want to get off side there, it excites me. I like it when these international players come into our Super Rugby competition. Now, we don't see the South Africans in Super Rugby anymore. They're playing in the Northern Hemisphere. And I was saying to Sammy Hewitt this morning, I quite like the idea of seeing... You know, players like Rob Valentini, um, um, even Itzabeth, uh, get get some British. Uh, Marcus Marcus Smith, Marcus, uh, the other probably guy that came down and played in Auckland. That was fun. Uh, James Haskell, when he came and played in it's just I just find it interesting. And all the other big professional sporting leagues in the world have international players. We talked to Atari yesterday. It's probably half the roster would be New Zealand and the rest is Korea, Japan, America, Australia, uh, the NBL, American imports, um, just locally. And then the ANBL, Australian National Basketball League, we got three really good Americans. And I think it spices it up. Big Bash, players from all around the world, IPL, no nationalism there. So by... I feel like I would enjoy Super Rugby more if you say I'd be really interested to see how this Scottish halfback goes as the reserve halfback for the Hurricanes or the Chiefs or whatever. Um, there's been sprinklings of international players coming in and I think the edict from New Zealand Rugby is if you can't fill it with a high enough level player, you are allowed to bring one in. And I remember the Hurricanes got a Vandermeerva or something, that his name was something like that, as a prop because New Zealand just didn't have enough props. Um, and props are highly paid in the French competition, so props is probably an area. But how would you feel about getting some international flavour into our New Zealand-based super rugby, and even go a step further, who would you like to see come over? And I think it would inject some interest to see these guys, and if it means the depth isn't here for New Zealand, does that make those ones who are just below the tier work a bit harder? to get into that top tier. 0800 150 it is Midday Madness. We will go to the phones immediately, and we talk to Ed. G'day, Ed. Kia Savvy. Um, let me introduce you to Darla May. Darla May, say hello. 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 Over here, you the pizza, pizza, the pizza that I'm making for one of your questions. No, well, not for this question. Anyway, i got a tip for you, bro. Yep, my water bottles to work, and I fill them up with from the water cooler. <laughs> Not a bad the idea. Big bottles and take them home. And um, talking about the old, is he a standoff or is he a halfback? Um, going to the Highlanders. He's first five. Oh, well, smash him! That'll sort him out. <laughs> Just smash there you him. Go, stand him out for the day. <laughs> Cheers, mate. See you later. See you, boy. Oh yes. Um, do, do you like the idea of some international players coming and getting involved in Super Rugby here? And who would you like to see? Like, imagine a Will Skelton rolling out in a Chiefs jersey. 
I'd quite like that. Or does the concentration, and I know there's an argument that it takes a, a spot of a New Zealander. How do you feel about it? I quite like the idea, and you could make it a maximum of two per squad, and only one can start. It's a bit. I think that's what they do in Japan, don't they? When they they might have four New Zealanders in their squad, but I think they're only allowed to play two or three. They're limited by that. Um, but 0800-150-811 is our number. I think we can talk to Mikey in Christchurch. G'day, Mikey. G'day, mate. Hey, I like the idea. I don't see anything wrong with it. I think the people who sort of criticise it, we're in this kind of weird position at the moment, rugby, whereas we're not on top of the world anymore. We've had a horrible last couple of years in terms of the, the top stage. Um, and maybe we're all just feeling a little bit sort of like, oh, you know, on edge. And now they're bringing players over. But nothing wrong with that. Martin Johnson came over 25 years ago. Mm. He had a great time, I think, playing King Country and, and what have you. How good is that? The other good thing, I think, is that we get these players who, unlike some New Zealand players I could name, who are at the end of their careers, these guys are at the start or the middle of their careers. So we're getting young, hungry guys from overseas coming to play, and we get to tap some of their experience now. It used to be like we, we were the ones telling them how to do it. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong learning how other people do it. In fact, I think we need to, right? Mm. And I, yeah, I've seen Brock James just came into my head, the Aussie guy. He came and played, uh, Jesus, was he Hurricanes in Taranaki or something like that? Um, and I quite enjoy that. It's something a little bit different. And they will learn, and we can learn off them as well. And I think, yeah, absolutely. And that, that Japanese halfback who played for um, yes. the Islanders for a while, he had a bit of a cult following. That's good for the crowd. God, when we had Pablo, how that was awesome for us Cantabrians. Because, mm. again, not, not only a great player, but a bit of a cult figure as well, you know. Has a bit of presence on the world stage. So, um, no, I'm all for it. I mean, it, it, they're, not, they're not obviously coming for the money. No. Because <laughs> we don't pay like French clubs or English clubs, so they're coming for the experience and... Uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. And you know the thing, why can't we have some of their players? Yeah, you know the thing about Pablo Montero, which which you've just raised, is um, all of a sudden, rugby fans in Argentina are watching Super Rugby. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's a good thing, and and uh, hopefully we see a bit more of it. Mm, Cool, man. Thanks, Mikey. All right, thanks, mate. Cheers, Cheers. mate. We'll go to Paraparo Umu and talk to Zane. G'day, Zane. Morning, Staffy. Um, interesting topic this one and I have to say I 100% agree with you as someone who's kind of drifted out of having an interest in super footy for a while um, look at the NRL I think it's 40% of the players there are either New Zealand or Pacifica background mm-hmm. I would if you got maybe 20% of the players playing super footy mixed up like if we're playing with Australia you're like letting their players play here our players play there bringing in guys um, from other markets like if Quay Cooper was first uh, first five for the Canes I'd be way more likely to watch, to be yeah. completely honest. Yeah. I mean, you're just going to tune in to see how it'd go as well. well. It just brings a bit of character. I think that's what we lack a little bit in New Zealand's domestic sport. Like you look at the um, the big, what do we call it? The big cricket 22, uh, 2020 thing? Not the big bash. Super smash. Uh, yeah. Super smash. There's just a lack of personality in New Zealand professional sport. It's, I don't know why it's sort of coached out of them. But bringing in those guys with personality who you have hated playing for the opposition to all of a sudden start liking at your franchise would be a great dynamic. Oh, I think it would be brilliant. And even even coaching as well. Like imagine getting 
Phil Warren is a specialist forwards coach or something or, or a breakdown coach or a technical coach for the Chiefs to give them or the Highlanders or I'm not saying any team. And I just think it brings a little bit of extra. Like Ronan O'Gara when he came to the Crusaders, I thought it added exactly. a little bit of little bit of something. It's, it's arrogance thinking we're the only ones who know anything in protect, protectionism, but it can't hurt to have your opposition coming in and teaching you what they're doing so that when you go and play them as an all-black, you have an insight. Yeah. Got to be a good thing. Yeah, I'm with you. Thanks, Zane. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Cheers. buddy. Uh, text from Ken saying, uh, Staffy Joe Merchant played for the Blues a couple of years back and said it was the best move he made. So I don't mind it as long as it's not overloaded. Yeah, I, I want to keep a check on the numbers. I'm with you there, Ken. But now it's just us in Australia. Um, and Australia were threatening to walk away, although I think it was a bit of a veiled threat. I don't think they were going to follow through with it. Um we need a little bit of variety. Super rugby, really. The only change is it went backwards when South Africa pulled out. And now we've got this deal with Australia, which is signed, what was it, till 2030 or something. We need a little bit of change. And I think that will provide just a little bit of spark. And God help me, the Australian teams need a little bit of assistance and a little bit of zing because they, they freely admit they haven't got the depth of players in rugby in Australia to fill all those rosters in the Australian Super Rugby teams. So inject them with, um, give them 15 marquee players, put three in each side, two on the field at any one time. I think it would be brilliant. And whether you get young Joe Merchants that came to the Blues or a 32, 33-year-old who's done his time in the England Premiership or the French Top 14 or a someone who's been playing in Japan and came came back, I I just feel like it would increase the interest. Well, it would for me. Would it for you? 0800 150 811. And chuck me a couple of names as well. You can either ring me on that number or 8833 is the Bed post text machine. You're on Afternoons with Staffy with a big thanks to Gull. They fuel your mission all year round. We'll be back after a short break. Give us a yell. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. 0800-150-811 is the number. I want you to give us a bit of a whistle on. Um, you're feeling about getting some marquee players, some international players injected into our Super Rugby competition, both our teams and the Australian teams. It would benefit the Australian teams possibly more. And I'm not poo-pooing Australia, but they don't quite have the depth, I think, to service um, five Super Rugby teams um, into, into their sides. Um, Moana Pacifica, Fijian and Drua could probably do with it. Mind you, they have they've got a slightly different agenda to to um, promote players from their regions, and I I applaud that. But I'd like to see a, you know a sprinkling. Imagine a French player coming in, the Brits, the Welsh, the Irish, uh, both coaching and playing. Um, and I'm trying to think of players that. Uh, that I would like to see that might be available. You know, someone like, you know, Courtney Laws, I'd love to see him in a super rugby campaign, someone like that. Um, Danny Cipriani, I think, is a freakish talent who just, I don't even know if he's still playing now, but 34 years old. Um, he was sort of the equivalent of, of Australia's James O'Connor, much maligned kind of figure, but in a New Zealand rugby environment. I'd quite like to get someone that's had Ten or so seasons in the in the English Premiership. Um, we see it with rugby league in the NRL. Pl- 
players galore. We've had just even in the Warriors like um, Dennis Betts and Sam Tompkins. They haven't all worked. Andy Platt. Um, even if you count the Aussies like Kevin Campion and some of the greatest Warriors ever were were Aussies in a New Zealand side. So, and the NRL Warriors side now will have Australians in their ranks as well. But I'd just like to see some in our Super Rugby teams. I think it would inject a little bit of interest. Would it? In- up your interest at all, Sammy, if you heard that, um, you know, like the Pablo Montero one I thought was great. That's a great example. Yeah, yeah that's, that was a perfect example and did, did well for the Crusaders. I think, you know, Super Rugby is like one of the only, in particular the Kiwi teams, but, I mean, it's not like Australia are littered with international talent, but Super Rugby is one of those, one of the very few sporting competitions in the world where there is an international talent. I mean, what other sport doesn't really have an international flavour to it? When you look at, you know, football, Basketball, um, well, the crickets. NBA and well, NFL probably, but that's such an American sport. But yeah, cricket, these imports, deluxe, and 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 I'm talking about the the pinnacle professional type tournaments. Yeah. So the first step and the first question I think is why don't both New Zealand rugby and Australia, but I'm sure Austra- rugby Australia would be happy to do it. But why don't New Zealand rugby allow Australian players to come over and play for the New Zealand franchises and vice versa? So. Um, we could have a um, uh, who's the centre? Why is his name evading me? Wallabies. Um, Corumbeti. Corumbeti. Uh, no, who's the, who's the centre? Why is his name completely evading me? Big centre, big boy, player of the year. <laughs> oh, um, I know, I know, uh, uh, um, I know. Yeah, his name's escaped me as well. Anyway, him, him, or uh, or a Corumbetti, or a, um, a Nick White, or a Hooper, or whoever it is, like them playing for the Chiefs, or them playing for the Blues, or whatever. Um, and then likewise, you know, if you've got a Hooper playing in the seven jersey for the Blues, and you've got a Dalton Papaletti playing for the Reds, or something, like I think the only way Super Rugby evolves from here, and it has to evolve because let's be honest, the numbers are dwindling, the competition's dwindling, etc. The only way I think it evolves is. That is that is allowing that to happen and look we may lose an element of parochialism but once again all the top competitions around the world with all the top franchises manage to attract all these international players while still keeping a, a you know an arsenal you know a strong fan base a Tottenham or if you look at the Premier League but NFL does it as well you know the players come from all over the country but you're a Bills Buffalo Bills supporter if you're from Buffalo so mm-hmm. I think that's where sort of Super Rugby has to head you know allow Australian players and, and other players from around the world to come into New Zealand teams and allow our New Zealand players to go play you know especially domestically just play for Austra- play for the Australian teams mm. you know what I mean you don't have to you don't have to quite open up the whole oh if you go to France you can still be an All Black but certainly why can't we just let them go across the ditch to Australia? Like, why do we need the New Zealand teams to be very good for the All Blacks' sake? When mm. if they play in Australia, they're going to be playing against the same same people, right? It's the same competition. Yeah. Um, and then maybe the coaches start doing that as well. Maybe we start getting New Zealand coaches coaching the Australian Super Rugby teams, and we just sort of get this big pot it's been going. The odd New Zealander go to. I mean, um, Tamati Allison uh, joined the Rebels in their formative years. I think he had three seasons there mm. and helped with the coaching and helped with the development. He absolutely loved it, but he wasn't eligible for the All Blacks because he was playing for the Melbourne no, Rebels. No, and, and the answer to it is really what was the answer we all know is that New Zealand rugby are very insular and they don't want they just they don't want they don't care about Australia being good or not. That doesn't mm. that doesn't really matter to them. When we all know that if Super Rugby is to survive and if <clears throat> the Bledisloe Cup etc is to survive, we need rugby Australia to be strong. So mm. 
you know, they just need to park the ego, mm. to be honest. Let's go over to Aussie. Talk to one of our great listeners. Uh, Happy New Year to you, Darren. G'day. Happy New Year, Staffy. Thank you, sir. Great topic, mate. Mm. I'm sure they'll get the uh, juices going. I, I couldn't agree more with you guys. It's uh, it's an evolution. What's it going to take us to lose, you know, as in Southern, Southern Hemisphere lose the next three or four Rugby World Cups until they go, oh, might need to do something now. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Let's get let's get ahead of it. Like you saw, you saw the influence from that Japanese player. I've forgotten his name. The number nine, Tanaka, playing for the yeah, Highlanders. Yeah, Tanaka. Like, like the guy had a cult following. Yes. You know, like there should be more. There should be more American players coming over. It, I, I say bring it on. And if you play, if any New Zealand player plays within the Super Rugby competition, they should be eligible for the All Blacks. Yeah, it's and it's not a huge changing of the rules. It's just a slight modification. Like they're saying you have to play in New Zealand. Well, you can say you can play in a competition that New Zealand teams are involved in, so therefore it would extend to Super I'm just fearful over the next two or three seasons, Super Rugby has already waned with the departure of South Africa. If they just keep doing same, 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 um, it's just going to keep yeah. waning off and become like the Sevens has become and just depart. Well, how good would it be if you could, you know, Brodie Retallick goes over and plays in Japan and ends up playing Super Rugby for a Japanese team in Super Rugby? I mean, that would... That'd be brilliant to me. I'd I'd, I'd love it. Mm. You know, it would it would make these it make my interest in that team even more. Whereas normally I wouldn't really care much about it. So yeah. I love how they brought Fiji and Moana Pacifica in. I think that's you know hallelujah. But they've got to get some Japanese teams in. They've got to create that interest. I mean, I'm, I'm in Melbourne. I'm a Rebel supporter. I'll tell you right now, Cipriani played for the Rebels. He was garbage. Was he? he um, <laughs> oh, he just he just refused to tackle anyone. He was he was, uh, he was not good, um, and he and he's much better than that. I, I'll agree with you from that point of view. But you know, you see these people coming to the Rebels like Lomax. I, I met Lomax when he was playing one night, and he got up on the stage after a match, and, and he was tearing up. Wow. Because um, they 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 just lost and they should have won and. I thought, God, this guy really cares about his craft, and and I've I've got a real soft spot for him. You know, I was elated that he made his way into the All Blacks and established himself last year. But you'll see these New Zealand players come over, and us Kiwis expats will will follow with them. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's it's, it. Uh, that's so it. yeah, no, I totally agree. It's they've got to get in front of it rather than just playing this catch up. Yeah, catch I'm up with rugby. You. I'm with you, Darren. Thanks, buddy. Good to hear from you. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Cheers, mate. And if you just think back, um, the Sunwolves, the Japanese Sunwolves, um, they had a few Kiwis playing, like Jason Emery, good man of a two man. He was playing for. I always watched the Sunwolves and wanted to see how the Kiwis win in those lineups. Um, we're going to take a quick break for New Sport and Weather, bottom of the hour news, not too long. So hang on there, Steve. I can see uh, you're online. I really want to hear your thoughts on it, mate. You're a great rugby mind. So, Steve, after the break, and also give us a yell 0800 150 811. Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Samu Karevi was the midfielder from the Wallabies we were trying to think of. Oh, he'd be fantastic in a New Zealand side. Um, But I'm not saying shift the top of the range stuff, get some internationals. I'd love it. Now, great man, a great voice of rugby joining us at Auckland. Steve, uh, Happy New Year to you, Steve. Oh, 
it's 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 good. I had a little maybe a little bit of hopefully you caught a bit of sun at the end there. And listen, this has been a bugbear of mine for for many years. I I mean, it's, I can even meet, meet, remember Scott Fugenstaller, I think his name is, an open side yep. flanker who played played down in Wellington, could didn't quite quite crack the Hurricanes, but uh, went across to the Rebels. Listen, I've listen, I've already got a vested interest in the Brumbies because uh, Tamati Tua who was in the Blue squad last year, is playing for the Brumbies this year. Now, the reason he's going there, if he'd stayed at the Blues this year, he'd probably be sitting in the number ones in the stand because it'll either be two of us, a Sheck or Corey Evans, sharing the 12 duties at the Blues. I've also got an interest because Jack Debrathini, who played uh, for Northern but went off to play in Japan for a couple of seasons, is back with the Brumbies as well. So you've got that immediate engagement because you know those players. Yep. Straight away, um, I, I really don't know why the New Zealand Rugby Union doesn't open up. The other reason, you know, you get all these players that are sort of fringe guys who, you know, get opportunities to jump to wider training squads, and a lot of them will now go. You know what? I could go to the um, what do they call it MRL and make I don't know anything between fifteen and fifty thousand. American, which you know, which equates quite well in New Zealand dollars, probably a better contract than in, in some cases in an NPC contract. So you might actually keep some of those guys, in at least keep them in Australasia. Mm. And and uh, and once again, people will actually have an interest on the, on those players. I, I I really do think New Zealand rugby, New Zealand are missing a trick, mate. You should just go next door and knock on the door, mate. Or I'll just head down there now. I'll just head down there now and bring someone. <laughs> Actually, Scotty Logan, uh, he's he's always got a very astute text. He's just put other salaries for Super Rugby players paid by the club or New Zealand Rugby. If New Zealand Rugby, I can understand hesitation to bring overseas players in, and I think yeah, New Zealand Rugby players are contracted to their Super franchise through New Zealand Rugby, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I, sp- I suppose that's the tricky component. It's something, but you know, they've never used that as an excuse. They always basically mention their fans, but I don't know if they've looked at the at the television viewing figures and the crowds in recent times. I can tell you what, this is going to be, you know, given where the country is at the at, at the moment, Steph, this is going to be really interesting to see what sort of crowds turn up to watch Super Rugby this year. That's going to be the, for me, that's going to be the real interest. Yeah, I think the interest is always high at the start, but it's maintaining that hold. And, I, and I've often heard, like, I've got a few Kiwi mates that live in the UK, and they love Super Rugby because it's good viewing for time for them. It's breakfast time viewing for them. Chuck in a couple of English, Scottish, Welsh, Irish, Italian players into the Super Rugby, all of a sudden your international market is way more, way more interest from the Northern Hemisphere because they've got a few roosters running around in the Super Rugby comp, and that could lead to a better broadcasting deal. Absolutely. Well, all of a sudden, you've got a bit of bit of interest with the uh, former English first five. Just forgotten his name. The rest of that's running around with the Highlanders yep. this year. You know, you know, already there's a you know it sparks a little bit of interest. But you know, it's, it it kind of mirrors the naming of Super Rugby. It's it's always low key. There's very little speculation. You know, when you compare it to sort of American sport, you know, there's so much talk about who's who's going to be drafted. You can see it with the NRL. I really do think we missed a trick here, eh, mate? Mm, I do too, mate. We just need an injection of something, and I think this one would be quite painless. Oh, absolutely. But I'll tell you what, mate. 
I can smell the liniment, mate. It's in my nostrils <laughs> at the moment. It's <laughs> just around the corner. Just around the corner. Good on you, Absolutely. Steve. Cheers, buddy. Steve Harris, great, great rugby man here in Auckland. Um, we'll take a quick break. Uh, we've got another great rugby man, Tanny Farman, lives in Marlborough. You know who it is. It's Graham after the break. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Welcome back in. We're talking about refreshing up the Super Rugby with the potential of bringing some international players into New Zealand, letting New Zealanders go to Aussie teams. Aussie players come to New Zealand teams. We've got Graham calling us out of Marlborough, Hart and Tani Farland. G'day, Graham. G'day, mate. Hey, I've got two or three sort of issues that I want to discuss about it. Yep. I don't have a problem with them coming, coming over. But firstly, they have to offer something mm-hmm. um, better than what we've got, and they and they shouldn't be shouldn't be taking the place of a New Zealand player. Um, that's one thing that worries me a bit. And with the Highlanders, I think like Mitch Hunt is still suffering from concussion issues. Marty Banks has probably played his best rugby, yeah. but a good guy to have around because if you're a young player, he sh- you should stick to him like a magnet because what he's done in his career is. You know, he's he's been a very very good NPC and super player. So he, those sorts of guys we need we need to stick around mm-hmm. uh, to, to teach these young players. But going on from that, I, I think we lose we lose way too many rugby players between the ages of 25 and probably 35 in some ways. You know, like because they're either sitting behind an All Black and not getting you know, not getting the opportunity or that is, someone comes along with a big check, and I, I, and we say this every year: oh, we can't keep losing these players. We can't keep losing these players. But <clears throat> you know, we're about to lose Richie Moonga. You know, 27 years old, he's now surpassed Bowden, probably is the best first five in the country. Um, and Bowden's not the best fullback in the country. So where does where does that leave him? Well, According to Ian Foster, he's still in the team because you know you got to have you got to have three Bowdens, three Barretts in the team to, just to function, <laughs> apparently. But you know, like we we can't keep we like I, I'm disappointed Richie's going. I can understand why he's going. I mean, the, he set himself and his family up for life. But we need to start looking at how we can, you know, do better at keeping these players because they're just we're just losing too many of that stature. You know, at the wrong times in their career and in the wrong at the wrong times for New Zealand rugby. So that's the side. That's that's the part that disappoints me. And I'm a bit like Steve. But I really like watching the Melbourne Rebels. There's a couple of good Northern boys there, and and that sort of thing. But we've got to, you know, we've got to be a bit careful now. We can't keep puffing our chest out saying, "Well, we've got the depth. We've got the depth." Well, I don't know if we have any more. Eh? To be honest, it's just um, when you look at the results. But yeah, that's sort of my gripe. Hey, if, if you're going to bring them in, make sure they're going to, you know, be worth worthy of that position and not take the place of a New Zealander. That that mm. sort of been, would be my worry because I hate losing them. If you, if you get my grip, yeah, yeah. what I'm saying. Just a, yeah. they will take a place of a New Zealander, but it's probably a New Zealander that's not up to Super Rugby. I think they would be signed on short-term contracts. I don't think Robbie. 
Um, what's his name? Freddie Burns. I was going to say Robbie Burns. Uh, Freddie Burns, he's not going to be here for the long haul, uh, maybe a couple of years, and he could mentor a 19-year-old up-and-coming first five. Um, on the Richie Moonga thing, it's economics. We can't afford to keep him. The, the offers are just too big. Um, what, what he's going to get overseas probably equals about six Super Rugby contracts, you know? So, oh, no, I, yeah, I understand. Like, I know some of the figures. I know a couple of guys have just gone to Japan. Man alive, mate. Mm. You know, I, you know I, 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 tried to, I tried to contact the agent and say, look, mate, I'll do it for a fifth. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, and I'm bloody I'm 58 next week, so um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, just I know why Richie's going, but surely we have to start. Oh, I don't know, mate, how, how we fix it, but that's too young, and he and he hasn't done enough yet in the black jersey. Like I'm disappointed he's not going to get a better someone who's going to let him play his game in the All Blacks. Mm. You know, Ian Foster's going to be his coach and that'll be it and we won't see the best of him. And and, and that disappoints me as a rugby fan mm. and, and as a Richie, or, or even if it was Harry Plummer or from the, from the Blues or, or whoever it is, but from, you know, Bryn Hall, I don't care, uh, Bryn Gallen. It doesn't where they're from. I want to see them, the best of them, you know, playing. That, that, that's sort of how... Mm. I don't know if I've made myself clear, but I'll just, I'll just get a little bit annoyed that we keep losing them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's going to carry on, and this, you know, it's and it's money, it's economy. We can't keep them all. But any Graham, we'll carry on. Thanks for hey, your call, buddy. No, all good. Cheers, mate. Cheers, buddy. Down to Cromwell, Jeff. G'day, Jeff. G'day, Steffi. How you going, buddy? Good, thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Did you have a good break? Very good break. Yeah, it wasn't a bad summer, was it? It's still happening too. Down the south, anyway. I'm about to, oh, I bet you buggers up north. Just be a bit of rain. But uh, hey, uh, I don't mind, you know, the you know, one eyed Otago and I supporters. Um, I mean, we know that in our heyday for the Otago side, we had half a horse rate, always playing for us, and, you know. And I don't mind these internationals. As long as we beat the t- helps beat the Canterbury and the Auckland teams. <laughs> I'll get them behind them, mate. You know, <laughs> uh, but uh, but from a from a referee's point of view, I like to see the, the northern referees come over and referee a super player because they're the ones that go to the All Blacks, and they are the ones that struggle. All Blacks struggle with the northern hemisphere law of variation, or not variation, but the way they referee the interpretation. So the more we get exposed to northern referees and super rugby. I tell you what, our penalty count will drop dramatically. Uh, I, that's what I like to see happen more often. It's not a bad shout, actually. Um, and, I, and I always appreciate you bringing up the referee side of things because I know, like, New Zealand referees and Australian referees go up and referee the Six Nations test stuff, but um, I don't know that they do premiership games. Um, but I, I think we've seen the odd referee down here doing super rugby games sort of as a warm-up because they're going to be on doing international Bledisloe Cups or something. I think we've seen it before. Yeah, I've done the, yeah, the, 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 odd, the odd one, but I need to be exposed a bit more because, you know, we've watched the, the All Blacks play over there, Northern Hemisphere tours, you know, we just we tend to get pinged off the park sometimes with their interpretation. So more, you know, our super rugby, especially the young guys, um, different with the, the old heads, I don't know what it's about, but some of those young guys that just, you know, just get pinged off the park because the, the interpretation's slightly different. Mm. It's definitely different than the you know the southern 
referees, you know, um, Staffy. So good points, Jeff. You know, as always. Yep, no, good, good to hear you back on here too. Cheers, cheers, mate. Have a great day. Jeff, the ref out of Cromwell. We've got time for you to ring. We've got 10 minutes. We've got nine minutes till the news. Uh, boards are open. Boards are free. There's no one on there. 0800 150 811. Give us a yell and we'll have a yarn before the news. Z. Uh, got a text message in here saying, oh, this is bad chat. Australian teams are already poor. New Zealand players would flood their teams and make the Wallabies even weaker than what they already are. Do you honestly believe that a Wallaby player would come to New Zealand and push an All Black out of a starting spot? It's never going to happen. I never said that. Only way Super Rugby survives is if Australia reduces their teams to three. Australian rugby's attitude is the problem. With all Super Rugby, they cannot accept that they do not have the player base to have five teams. I'm not saying a Wallaby would come here and kick out a, a New Zealand, uh, an all-black out of a super rugby team. It's the level below that. It's like these Freddie Burns type guys. Yeah, but what about like the, even the terminology of kicking them out? I don't really think that's what we're envisaging. I mean, if super rugby is to stay how it is now, 100% I agree, Australia need to reduce their team count because they clearly, if the players are spread too thin, or at least yeah. they've only got one competitive team. But I would argue that under a new model where players are free to move around, and I would hope we'd get to a point, this is the idea of opening it up, is that you would hope that you'd get to a point where people who play for the Crusaders wouldn't necessarily stay at the Crusaders. Like, they would go and play for the Waratahs, they would go play for the Brummies. I know that's that's pie-in-the-sky thinking because, you know, are you going to get a team that's won seven titles in a row, players all leaving? But, I don't know, maybe we bring in salary caps and all this sort of stuff to sort of create an NRL-type structure. Because you can't tell me that if our players were spread out over Australia and their players were spread out here, that wouldn't help the Wallabies be better. Mm. That their players are playing in more competitive teams across the board rather than the good ones playing for one team, the Waratahs, and the rest of them all getting thrashed by 40 or 50 points every week because that's not how they get better. Mm. So I actually think that if... And once again, it's it's ideological thinking. I don't actually think it's going to happen because New Zealand rugby are too up themselves. But should... You know, should we live in a world where it's like the NRL and players are all over the place and they're all able to play for the Wallabies and the All Blacks regardless and there's some sort of salary cap to make sure that teams don't just hoard all the players in one place and it's a hard salary cap, not the one we've got now that supposedly exists in, in Kiwi Super Rugby teams. Um, then, yeah, you'd get a competitive competition. You'd keep a track of the Australian teams because your players are playing over there or All Blacks are playing over there. I mean, what if you know Richie Mwanga, rather than going up to Japan once again, this isn't going to happen because he's going to get paid way more up there. But as someone of that calibre going off, going to play number 10 for the Brumbies, you'd be interested in watching the Brumbies to see how well, Richie look does. At, look at the news and the and the passion around Bowden Barrett going from Hurricanes to Blues. Yep. And the interest that that created. The interest. Oh, well, that game, that first game at Eden Park, granted it was like one of the first games after COVID, was a sellout. Mm. Ro- Eden, Roger Tuivasa-Shek from Rugby League to the Blues, huge amount of interest. Mm. And that's what Super Rugby is lacking, is interest. Correct. It just doesn't have any – and this is where you know I, I really resonate with what Watto talks about, that there is nothing outside of – in rugby, there is nothing outside of um, what happens on the field. And, and a competition needs that. You need off-field discussions. talking point discussions, and it needs to be more than just who should play in this position. It should be player transfers, whispers, salary cap – um, development, all that sort of stuff, you know. Mm. Um, 
I remember back, I think it was when John Kerman was taking over the Blues, was going to take over the Blues and he said, I'll come back if you give me a 10. The Crusaders at that stage had Carter, Stephen Brett, Tyler, Blyndell, Colin Slate. They had about five yep. that could have started in any Super Rugby franchise and none of them left. None of them left. Mm. Amazing. And I just think a little bit more mobility around our Super Rugby teams. Anyway, we're coming up 1 o'clock. We'll be back after that. Talking Women's Phoenix.